Welcome to The Real Time with Kimberly Marie and Bianca Rachel. Welcome everybody to the show today. Hope y'all had a great week. Bianca, how was your week? Man, it was long. I'm glad it's done with. Okay, and we do have a special guest today. Ah! Liz is here, Liz. Say hello to the people. Hi, people. Okay, and how was your week? Was it a... It was a week. I'm tired. I actually worked hard. They got their money. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right, yay! The people got their money feeling. this week. That's how she's feeling. So, you, this, so that was probably a rough week when the people had to get their money. You, you know, and it's, a, it's a, you can't email and, and and be on Instagram. Oh, you just week. throwing unnecessary. No, that's a serious week. Look, when I be have to be at work working hard and can't be on Instagram, I can't take a a fake potty break. It's a problem, cause I like my fake potty breaks. I take real potty breaks and be on instagram thank you i mean oh, i no, can I multitask. i'm like i got i gotta go to the restroom i gotta go to the restroom i'll be right back hmm. y'all don't take the fake party no ain't no taking no i'm not going to be at my desk for 30 minutes where are you going <laughs> okay girl you you <laughs> what what is it every because think about it if you're a smoker you get what for, uh, i think like for us minutes? you get no our smokers get every hour they get like 30 minutes or 15 minutes well 15 minutes really turn into like an hour like one guy smoke a pack a day there's 24 cigarettes what in a pack the heck? right he dying so <laughs> <laughs> i'm not worried about him dying i'm just worried about the fact that here i am busting my ass working and you taking a smoke break it seemed like you never working so therefore i'm not taking a fake potty break i'm getting up and i'm leaving my desk Oh, okay. Or I, you know, when Mario jump, was that Mario run? I think it's Mario run, the little app. Take a seat back, kick on that app if my Wi-Fi working. Boom. Is that a game? Yes, and I Whoa. just be playing. Okay, girl. Every th- my I my Apple Watch goes off. It's, it's like it's time for a break, and that's what I do. Self help is real. That's real. Oh, okay, girl. You just gonna create breaks. <laughs> You just gonna create breaks. They work. get their money out of me, you know. I mean, I get pulled into meetings that I don't want to go to, that no one listens to me about to, but they ask for my opinion. Bianca, what do you think? We're gonna do this anyway. Okay, well, why did you even call me in here? I don't want to be in here with y'all. You know, I take my breaks. Okay, y'all. So we see if Bianca's doing the most at work. Well, anybody, <laughs> anyway, everybody, we just want to give y'all a little bit of a rundown what the real times is the real time is a weekly true life faith podcast that follows the judgment maturity struggle and understanding of intimacy in the life of kimberly marie and bianca rachel join in on this journey so today's topic is going to be double standards what in your life do you think today in 2019 is still a double standard and annoys the crap out of you me personally the double standard i hate is in the workplace where men can pull off certain things and certain behaviors, certain attitudes, and then if a woman does it, it's like, oh, she must be PMSing, or she gotta be upset, or you're being too sensitive, calm down. Like, it drives me bananas. Can't stand it. 2019 still happens, I guess, such is life. I mean, is that still okay for people to think that way in 2019? I, I don't know. Well, I think that's just like, I know for sure when I've had female managers, they always, you know, the men are so quick to call her a bitch. But when the same guy, when a guy does it, it's like, oh, it's okay. Okay, I'll do it. Oh, it's no problem. It's like, I don't know. I I feel like a lot of it has to deal with the, maybe the male, like, 
complex, like not being told what to do by a woman or something like that. Because I have worked in several places where the guy has had like a problem with how is she telling me that I need to do this. But it's okay for the male manager to tell him to do the same thing. He has so much respect for him and he tells him to do it. And that's just like stupidly annoying because it's like she's not a bitch because she's telling you to do your job. Right, but then, like, let's take it one step further. Like, workplace, then even if we look in today's, like, current atmosphere, like, men decide on women's rights for abortion. Men decide on, or comment on, like, women's hairstyles. Like, I don't like your box braids, or I like your hair straight, or why are you even wearing your hair curly? I mean, like... Yeah, like, the whole thing with, say, like, the, with the Alabama law, and I think it's who else? Georgia? Georgia. Yeah, I feel like men, creepy old men, should keep their hands off of women's vaginas. Why are you so worried about my vagina? Why is my vagina so worried? So, so why is it pressing you? Why? Keep your creepy old ass hands off my vagina. Do you feel that way? I feel like um, women are going to go back to um, using hangers. To abort babies, um, teaspoon of We're going to have, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if y'all remember a long time ago, um, a, uh, I think it was a show, or it might have been a movie, If These if these Walls Could Talk. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be situations like that. Um, with this, um, I really don't think it's going to be the law of the land. I don't see that happening. I don't see them banning abortions across America. Um it's really nobody's business um, what a woman decides exactly. to do. Yeah. Because, you know, I firmly believe um, when a man um, doesn't want to deal with a child anymore. He was up and leaving. They anyway. up and leave. And usually when you see unkept, unkempt kids, bad kids, what's the first thing that onlookers say? What okay. to do when and where she should have a baby, especially rape victims and um, victims of incest. Uh-huh. I don't even know where the hell they get off that's, thinking that's yeah. okay. No woman should be forced to carry a baby that was forced upon her. And that's the weird thing about it. Why is that written in the law, like, even if it's an incest and a rape baby? That lets me think that the people who made that law... Where's your mother? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yo, yeah, you're right about that. Where's your mother? You're right about that. So, again, um, no man has the right. Do not disrespect women. Like, you wouldn't want someone to, like, force their thoughts or opinions on me to make me feel a certain way. So why would you do it to others? Because, like, that man has a mom. He has a grandma. He's got a sister. He's got a sister-in-law. Like, yeah. why? But that could easily be your situation. Well, I don't most think of they those think people like that. Most of those women who probably raised them probably think like that. I'm sorry, but a lot of women, like some women these days think that it's okay for a man to have they say so in what a woman does. And I'm like, no, that is not okay. To me, when I heard that law, I was just disgusted when I heard all these laws that was going on. I'm like, I just wish men would keep their hands out of women's vaginas. You have no say so. But it goes to, like, you know, some of those men, they were showing the quotes that some of them were saying. And I hate I hate when a man says, like, to a rape victim, well, what was she wearing? What was she doing? What was she doing? I could walk around nude, and there should be no man that should touch me, that should be anything. No is no, point blank in the period. But, see, this is another issue. So we teach girls 
how to avoid being raped. We don't teach boys. Exactly. How about you don't fucking yep. rape? Yeah. It, no, it's it, it it's true. It's you know, I'll I'll give you a perfect example. I will never forget this. I won't say his name, but I will never forget. I was in high school, basketball coach. We were sitting on uh, well, I was sitting on the stage and he was wrapping my ankle, getting ready to go to a game. And I can't remember what my teammate said passing. But he, I specifically remember him telling me, he was like, you could be butt ass naked, getting ready, like he was, and he like hit his leg, he hit his, excuse me, his arm on my thigh, like showing like where the man's like penis would be. He was like, his penis could be right here. He was like, if you say no, he was like, it's game over, y'all, you know, either he go home, y'all do whatever. But he was like, you can change your mind anytime. He was like, it's yeah. never too late for you to change your mind. And I was like, why are you sharing this with me? He was like, I just want you to know that not all men are like that. But he said that and he was like, it means no and it is period and everything stops right there. He was like, I don't care. And I was like, this is such a weird thing for him to say. Because keep in mind, I'm probably a, a junior in high school. Had no mindset or thought you know like just wasn't even thinking the conversation was going there but he was like i just want you to know but i was just like it's so it's so crazy like one dude thinks this way but then you meet someone else who's just completely like well she was dressed like this so you know yeah <laughs> she had to have wanted it yeah and that's my what? that's my that's my one pet peeve well she had on a mini skirt or she was wearing this or she had so I don't care what she was at the party and she knew what was up. No, maybe she just wanted to go to a party and party. Who was that guy? Like that guy who just literally got 90 days of probation or, or something, 30 days of probation for raping that girl. The college? Yeah, the college kid because mm -hmm. he didn't know or just because he had money basically. He was basically off. Or remember that one judge who told that 13-year-old girl who got raped like basically blamed her for the rape like this wouldn't have happened it had you had done this and done that but yet you know when it's it's crazy it's like there is no 13 year old who could have done anything to get raped there is no woman in this world that deserves to be basically shunned because she got raped when right you say no it's no and then i know some people like to say and this is one of the things that a lot of people like to say. It's not rape because it was your husband who had sex with you. No. That, no, that, yeah, that's, you, yeah. Have y'all heard that No, one? I have. And that, that used to be a common law like back in the, I don't know, was it the 60s and the 70s when they were? Could have been. I'd have to do more research. Don't quote me on that. But I know I remember specifically reading about art, uh, article, not an article, um, reading something about that, like where women would say they had been raped and they'd be like, were you married? Did my husband rape me? Your husband can't rape you. You know, like, but if a dude gets raped, because men can be raped, you know, just like, mm -hmm. oh, well, you know, it's, it's still looked at, like, it's looked down on, but in a different way. It's kind of like, oh, well, you sure you're really raped? Because it was a woman. Like, she can't, you know, like. Yeah, and I have seen that. that, that it, men, it's just weird. The they, double standard to it is weird. Yeah, they have come out and said that some men don't even like to, a lot of men don't, do not like to report crimes. But compared to women getting raped, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, oh, well, I'm sure the man's very uneven. Yeah, yeah I know it's um, very amongst uneven. women um, getting raped, and I'm sure if men were getting raped as often as women get raped and as viciously, yeah, is it would be a change in laws and stuff like. I feel like if some weird 
mutation happened and men started having periods and getting pregnant mm-hmm. it would be paid time off for when mm-hmm. you're on your cycle um medicine would be way more advanced when oh, you're yeah. um pregnant and prenatal care yep. probably could have painless births yep but since it's not happening to them i just think men and men across the board you know just it's hard for them to fathom stuff because it it's not them. They, it's not they, them. They've never yeah. experienced it. Just yeah. like, I'll never experience being a man, but nonetheless, like... It's, it's like they think once you have a baby, or so many come back to work. Yeah. Or it's like, uh, looked down upon. Like, I, I had a job offer come up, and they were like, well, do you want to travel? And I told them, I was like, no, I'm not looking to travel. You know, I, I have, I'm in a different phase in my life. I'm just not looking to travel, you know, like... And they ask why. And, I, you know, with employers or employers-to-be, whether it's rightfully so by HR code or not... I have a problem telling you. I want to build something in the city that I'm in, and I want to start, you know, like, building a foundation for that. That does not mean I want to be working with strange men till, like, 10.30 at night. No, I don't want to do that. First of all, I feel like that puts me in a precarious situation. Not that I should ever have to feel that way, but we all know, like, how roles and and perception goes. It's like, no, I don't want to... I don't want to do that. You know, and they'd be like, oh, well, so you're choosing your family over a job. If that's how you see it, you know, like that I'm trying to do like my personal life, you know, but you automatically assumed it was family issues or family mm-hmm. wants. Whereas a man was like, no, I don't want to do that. You'd be like, you're right, man. Let me reconsider. We'll come back to you. Let me talk to everybody. We'll smooth it over. You know, like it's just, it's different. Yeah. And it, it is very sad to, to see such things. Well, it's a lot of double standards, this period, in the workplace that men and women... It, if you complain, if a man complains about something, you know, it's, oh, okay, it's valid. A woman complains, oh, gosh, she's being a bitch. She's complaining again. Mm-hmm. She's doing this. She's doing that. But you could even take it one step further and just say, like, not even men and women. Let's just go white women and black women. Yep. You know, like... She's angry. You know, that yeah, yeah, use that like, word aggressive in the workplace. Yeah, like, you show, she's an angry black woman. You know, yeah. like... But if Becky gets mad, Becky just mad. You know, yeah. she allowed to be mad. Me and her can literally say the exact same words. But I'm I'm considered aggressive. Why and sh- angry. And angry. And violent. They oh, yeah. love to use the word aggressive. Oh, why are you getting so angry? Why are you getting just aggressive? Just calm down. Just it was just a simple... Yeah. Hostile. Hostile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, like, even her appearance. Like, let's talk about, you know, black women mostly. I'm not saying white women aren't, like, curvaceous. But it's not your norm of run of the mill that they're just all curvaceous in that sense not all of them look like kim kardashian not all of us look like kim kardashian Kim kardashian don't look like kim kardashian. <laughs> yeah. but even though no, no but see, the clothing you know yeah, like look at the these shirts being and the cuts yeah when you look at it and have, their hair yeah look at these teachers being shamed on instagram for oh she, she, is this too tight for her to be wearing she cannot help it some people cannot help that they have a butt some people yeah. can't help that they got big breasts some women cannot help that but why are they being, you know, shown and, sh- you know, oh, is this okay? Is this not okay? Well, what is she supposed to wear? Because she, she's not inappropriate. She's not showing her titties at work. She's literally just wearing a dress. But she can't help that her, or, or, or some jeans, she cannot help that she has a butt. What y'all want her to do? Yeah, I, well, it, you know, clothes, especially, especially for, like, skirts and stuff. Now, I'm not going to lie. There are sometimes it doesn't matter what woman you are. I see skirts and I'm like, look, that's not even... You wouldn't wear that to church. We don't need to wear it up in here. It just looked too suspect. I'm questioning it. There's one lady at my job. 
I love her shoes. Love her shoes. I want to just say that very clearly. But they look like they just stripper shoes. <laughs> like, they're what? they're clear. No, no. They're clear heels. Then you purposely wear a skirt that is, like, way beyond mid-thigh, like, above. And then you're purposely leaning over desks. That's inappropriate. It's inappropriate work attire, period. Now, I don't care if Becky got it on or if Bianca got it on. It don't need to be there. I mean, you know, there, there's some standards, you you know, there's some true. things you got to lay the law on. But, yeah. you know, like for your hair, for instance. the question is, if, if you were to wear the outfit, would you be told something? Oh, I, f- I feel, I honestly feel like I would. I know one time for a fact, I wore a dress. The dress was not inappropriate. It literally, I don't, I don't know if some of y'all remember back in the day when you used to put on pants and or shorts and your mom would be like, does your finger, is it longer than your oh, fingertips? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That dress was so, it was below my knee. Uh-huh. And one guy was like, that dress sure looks tight on you. But my response was, why are you looking? Why, why are, are you, you concerned about how tight my dress is? Because first of all, I know you're not insinuating that I'm gaining weight because that's going to get your ass whooped right here in this little mini kitchen. That's first off. Second of all is, how are you so comfortable to, like, point out something like that? So I had to remind him, like, the sexual harassment rules. Like, <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. That statement you. made me feel, like, super uncomfortable, one. And then, like, you two. Said, why are you looking at me like exactly. that? And then, two, I knew this dress wasn't inappropriate. One, I've worn it to church before. And you know somebody would have said something there. That's first off. And then, like, it's just, a, it was a regular dress. Like, regular, regular dress. Or, like work on a construction site so i meet various different characters let's just leave it at that like i wore my hair out one day a dude walked up to touch my hair so i did a quick little a dive like a like a little shook type of thing i was like what are you doing he's like i just want to touch your hair i said well do you touch your wife's hair no i hate that i am not your i am not a what is i am not a chia pet i am not a zoo i'm not put on display no you cannot touch my hair no you cannot ask me certain questions no i'm not here i'm not here to end racism for all no you cannot ask me about oh my god you know um yeah i saw that thing on the news you know black lives matter you know you're right you know like i'm not here for that if you want to get your hey i'm not racist card you might need to go somewhere else because i am not the one and i don't understand why people even find it have you ever had your hair touch liz or somebody try to touch your hair yes and like like, how do you feel when somebody thinks they have the audacity to come up to you like the audacity you must have I mean, I feel like you real bold. No, I just feel that um, you don't cherish your hands. And that's fine. Because I feel that if you think it's okay to transgress on my personal space, I have the right to take your fingers home with me. You yanking the fingers off? I'm yanking your fingers off. And you better hope I don't slap your hands away. Because I've been known to slap hands away. I've, I've had... White people ask me, oh, well, um, how does it grow like that? Like, how does it grow out your head? It just like grows. Yours grows out your, your head. way your hair grows out your head. But I do tell a joke that mom used to tell when I have other races ask me about my hair. Because it, it is, it's big. My yeah. hair is big. So, um, my mom used to tell a joke when white people ask, you know, how did you, how did you get your hair like that? She used to say, God said, white man, come get your hair. White man came and got his hair. 
Asian man, come get your hair. Asian man came and got his hair. Mexican man, come get your hair. Mexican man came and get his hair. Black man, come and get your hair. Black man said, hey, ball it up and throw it to me. <laughs> and so, that's the joke that I tell when they ask, why does my, how does my hair um, do that? Whatever I've never heard that one. That I is say, genuinely I told, good. I told God to ball it up. And throw it to me. She did used to say that joke. And I used to that be like, is so you know, one clever. thing I actually hate and that I've been getting this since I was little and I've had had I hate when they say, Well, you came that your hair was short one day, but then you came with these braids. Like, did they grow out your hair? Like how did they how did that happen? Like what happened? And I'm like, now you know. This day and age, everybody has had weave. They no, have you, every single race. No, no, See, I'm not getting them. I'm not getting mad about that. No, no I just think because you know stupid. what I do. Because every race has when weave. When they say that, every oh, well. race wears weave. No, when they say that, girl, yeah. <laughs> you know, I went to sleep and I dreamed that I wanted these braids to grow out of my scalp exactly like this. And I woke up and that shit was out my scalp just like that. Now you, d- you remember that doll? That I used to have. Oh, I know what doll you're talking grew, about. Oh, yeah, the, the, the middle grew. The middle grew. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. And you used to yank the arm. That's and how my hair, hair is. It just That's grew. what my hair does. That's what my hair did. It just that's, grew. That's what it does. It because I know you being stupid. And that's that's okay. I'm going to make time. So I'm going so to be stupid. So I'm going to let you be stupid. I'm going to let you be stupid. No, no, I know one lady. She tried me one day. She saw me with my curly hair. I guess, obviously, it came back next weekend mowing me. Had my hair braided. Then she was like, I just don't understand how it happened. But this is what happened. She walked up. I was sitting at my desk typing. And when I have braids, I like to put them over the chair. Um, but I felt like something pulling. Oh, my Jesus. And so I was just like, the f- like, what's going on? Like, the hell? So I'm sitting here typing, not thinking to turn back. I'm just typing. Just I was like, man, it feel like something. You know, I'm about to text the braider and just get in her ass about, like, something feel wrong with this hair. Then all of a sudden, I turn back. And this woman... It's just playing with the ends of my braids. And so, like, it's just awkward. Like, I pick my little toy up and leave. Like, I just take my hair out of her hand, you know? And just, like, can I help you? You know? Mm-hmm. Like, and so we started on this whole long conversation. She was like, well, your hair was curly. She's like, but then I noticed a few weeks ago it was straight. And then all of a sudden now it's just braided. She was like, I just don't understand how you guys keep up with it. And I was like, well, it's funny because I noticed last week it looked like you lost some weight. But then the week before, it looked like, you know, you had gained a little bit more. But today, it looked like you got a booty-doo situation going on. (laughs) Well, of course, then I had to explain that. So I was like, well, I'll put it this way. Did did you or didn't you gain or lose the weight? You know, just how you try to figure out about my hair, I'm trying to figure out how every time I see you, it looked like your stomach is either super in and lean, like your, your girdle is just on point. Or some days you just was like, it's too hot in Houston. I'm not doing this weather. I'm about to sweat it out when I get to the door. We just going to claim Jesus on it. I'm going to go to work. And she was like, oh, well, I guess when you put it like that. Mm-hmm. Now, so I, I got time I, today. I'm, I'm sure I would have took the Liz route and her hands would have been mine. Oh, no, 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 You no, see, no. you, you, did, a lot, you, you did a lot of explaining that you didn't need to do. It's you okay. Just, you should have just yanked them hands. Mm-hmm. No, because I believe. I'm going to um, explain it. No. I'm not going to explain anything. You, you should have yanked them hands. White people are very big like that's an american thing personal space you go to other countries you know like how we drive the big cars right, and have and they to have the big um apartments or the big houses mm-hmm. with a lot of space in other countries 
it's not like that. Yeah. It's more, you know, it's tighter and yeah. smaller right. cars. Smaller apartments. Yes. Yes. Everything is smaller. Yeah. yeah. So therefore, as an American and a legitimate American, you understand. You were born here and grew up here. Yep. You understand personal space. So I feel as a everyday American. Okay. If you infringe on my personal space, I have the right to retaliate because that's a I'm you are endangering me. Yeah. So, if you touch me or anything on me or anything that grows out of my scalp without my permission, that's assault. <laughs> Okay, now wait. wait. I, I was with you until you wait, took it to the assault. That's level. assault. Wait, you mentioned harassment. You know you're touching me without wait. my permission. Wait. That is assault. Okay. Wait, hold on. We can't take it. It's assault. Okay, hold on now. I was with you. I was rocking with you. I was okay. I was following you. And then I don't know about assault. Now, it's assault. The, what's, you what's, touch what's me. What's the deadly weapon? What's you, the, your fingers. You t- touch me without my consent. That is assault as far as I'm concerned, and I have to defend you myself. You think that's going to hold up in court? Yes, it will. Uh, because her hands was assaulting her, me. She was pulling she my, was hair. Touching my hair. I was so um, stunned and shocked out of reaction, I slapped her across the face. And that was the reaction because I was de- defending myself. If, if not me, then who? If I can't defend myself, who will? Now, now, I agree on... Okay, let's back it up. First, I don't, and I I know Liz agrees with me on this. I do not believe, and I will take Malcolm X's stand on this, I don't normally believe in violence. However, somebody put their hands on you, I'm putting them in the ground. Go Google it. Malcolm said it. It can be done. He, he said, all, Malcolm said, first of all, I don't um, think he love, meant hair. No, Malcolm said, I don't think Malcolm love everybody. Touching hair now. Love everybody, but if somebody puts their hands on you. Put them in the ground. See, I I do agree with that statement. However, I do disagree with you in being nonviolent. No, violence gets things done. No, no, no. That's and, not always the truth. Violence gets things. That's as not always. We that's are not always. in this country. That's not always. The this truth. country is very violent. This country is I violent. Agree. Can we agree, agree with that? We agree, we agree on that. that. This country, from its conception, was about violence. Everything that this country has done just here on our own soil was violence. So you're going to understand me if you touch me without my <laughs> consent. I'm going to use violence so you can understand the next time I'm not going to touch the next black person asking them about their hair. I'm but not going to do don't it. Touch, you don't touch... It's my curiosity because you don't walk up and touch... A white woman's hair if it's straight. You know what I mean? Or, like, if you see a Latina that has curly hair. The automatic thing is not to walk up and touch their hair. What is it so fascinating about my hair I think it's that because, you want to touch it? And I think it's because it stems back to black people have always been on display, I think, just for... Their, their, their entertainment. Okay. Their, I mean, back in the day, they did have, no, and I, you know, black zoo. Like, I know people, that. And like, I, that's what I was just come, about to bring up. Yes. Come in and watch the, ooh, that's a big butt. Ooh, that's some big breasts. Ooh, her hair is so, you know, ooh, look at that man. Ooh, you know, I think that in, especially in America, black people have always been, it looks like, you know, on 
their entertainment. I mean, look back when they were putting on blackface and had the, you know, the big lips, the big lips yep. and then they had either the black people shucking and dancing and tapping for them and all that stuff. And I mean, if you just look back in in American society, black people have always been on display. And it has just become to the point of just like, to the point where it's traveling over to today. And it's like, and now we're just being like, you might think we're on display, but we're not. And you gonna need to get yourself together to think that I'm on this. I mean, look at, I mean, all the stuff that they do. I but mean, it's not a conversation clearly that needs to be had because it's a conversation that has been had multiple times. We're so, not having this conversation. You know why we're not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> ever have that conversation with anybody. Let me tell you why. Because you learned this in kindergarten. Exactly. Keep your, your hands, hands to yourself. Yes. You learned that in kindergarten. So with that being said, I'm not going to talk to you about anything. I'm an adult. You're an adult. You touch, you touch my hair without my consent. I'm taking it as assault, and we're we going to have to go a couple of rounds. Do not touch me without my permission. White people ask, like, political questions and stuff like that. Like, they ask, say about the Colin Kaepernick thing. A lot of white people did not agree with him kneeling. And it's like, they were like, he's protesting this uh, anthem. And it's like, he is never, it was never about a flag. This man came out real clear and said that I am protesting black lives. So my thing, no, to answer your initial question, no, it doesn't. Or maybe it didn't used to. Now I will openly say, agree or disagree. I feel with our current president now, I don't like when people ask me about political race questions, period. I don't tolerate it. I'm not entertaining it. Mm -hmm. I'm shutting it down. Because whether we are friends or associates or whatever, I have a feeling if you don't know me and you're not rocking with B, we're going to have a whole different opinion. And I'm not going to sit here and explain and try to use extra energy to make you see why your view is not necessarily wrong, but it's not something I'm rocking with. But on Colin's thing... I don't like NFL, period. I don't like what they stand for. I don't like how they, as a league, have allowed their players to be so abusive, so aggressive, so just like, fuck you, I do whatever I want. Like, just this domestic... one game suspension, two game suspension for knocking your girl down the Mm -hmm. stairs and breaking her teeth. But what about the inadequate health care that they receive? If you yeah. get knocked in the head and hitting with your head and doing yeah. all this other stuff, do you cannot expect to have behavioral issues. Right, but on some level, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but on some level, you understand the sport that you were playing. Just like boxers, they understand the risk that they take. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. You know, they need you, period. You need the care for the sports you're doing. At, you know, all athletes should be yeah. adequately supplied with physicians, food, nourishment, whatever, mind, body, and soul. However, that's just like these high school students, you know? These boys are like corn-fed. They just so big and like, boom, get hit. Like, you know, like a concussion. And what I remember even being in high school was they get hit, you know, you get a concussion, okay, cool. But now it's like, you know, you watch these kids play 
And you just, I genuinely worry about them. They're not even my kids. But I'll look and be like, you were just so big. Can you imagine in high school? And then y'all start in, li- like, what, mm-hmm. middle school, I guess? Yeah. Really starting full well, contact sports? Yeah, they, they start, start like before elementary. They start, because if, if you put your kids in mom and pop, they're tackling. They'll start probably like five and six. And see, that's a long. That's a yeah. that's a long time, time to you be get getting about, hit. By the time you get about ten, you're tackling. Yeah. Oh, see, and I, that but, that's that to me is just dangerous, you know. But yeah, yes, you me, understand what you sign up yeah. for. But some of that stuff has long term deals that you yeah. that you are unforeseeable. But as in general, I don't rock with the NFL. That was my little rant for the yeah. NFL. But, no, I understand Colin's thing. You know, I get where he's coming from. I don't think it's offensive. Now, I've heard both sides. You know, we all in this room have family that has served or is serving. So, you know, everyone understands the ultimate sacrifice that is asked of you. Um, The people that I know who served and have served and who are still serving, they don't have not one problem. And that's what I was just about to say. Now, I've met people who have been like, you know, I find that super offensive. I, you know, I lost a brother over there. It's, a, you know, and then I've met people who are like, no, this is what they ultimately, we sacrifice our lives for. The freedom for you to have that choice. And, you know, whether you they agree to, with all, what you, he's... You don't have to stand for a flag. It's, it's, You've never, you do not have to stand right, for a you flag. You don't have to Correct. stand for And they're, they're, they are not mad mm-hmm. about him kneeling. Yeah. Because I'm sure if Tim Tebow or whoever the hell he else did. Remember was, he was, was, with, yes. yeah, was freaking kneeling, they didn't have a problem with it. It's because of the melanin in his skin mm-hmm. that they were upset about kneeling. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, with your initial question, I I love having political debates and we racial debates do. at work. Because I, I want to hear other people's sides. Yeah. You don't have to agree That's with me, fine. but I want to hear, hear, hear where you're coming from because at the end of the day, you know, we could talk to people who are like-minded like yeah, us. but you got to But you want to talk to people yeah. who have different experiences. And, you know, I like talking to um my white coworkers and asking them their um point of view. And some are, like, really are conservatives and oh. I got middle of the road. And some are, um, are liberals all the way to the left side. And those be the ones I'd be really concerned about. <laughs> yeah. But, um... To me, I don't I, I like, like a, I don't like somebody too conservative. I don't like somebody too liberal. I like cause to me, I'm not like really super. I'm I, I'm you know just me. And if somebody's so to the point where you can't tell them nothing on each either right, side, right? Where they're not open minded yeah. to have so the I conversation do, yeah, and come to, me, to the table. I don't have a problem with go, with, with, with going to work and having political debates with my white counterparts or you know because sometimes you meet a black person who's just as ignorant. Yeah. You know, and, no, because and I actually correct. worked with a black person who told me racism d- didn't exist. It was a made-up thing in our brains now that racism does not exist. And I was just like, so you're telling me in today's society racism doesn't exist. So cops shooting aren't armed black men who right, fear children. for their life. Uh, at eight, ho ho with uh, Tamar Rice, like eight or nine. I think he was he was around that yeah. age. Yeah, so you're like telling me like they that. felt like he was such a threat. You telling me a guy, a little a little boy wearing a hoodie and and some skittles deserved to get shot because he was a threat. Like you can't tell me that. And I, I was just looking at this black guy like I was literally just talking to this white girl that I work with who is, you know educated she understands the the way the black people are living in this world she's a fighter for it she's over here and she got more sense than you this black boy who's like 
racism doesn't exist. It's made up in your mind. You know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just looking at him like, you would think it would be reversed, but no, you're the idiot. No, that's, that, but see, that's, that's a lot of people. And those are, I call them the, um, the Obama people. The people who thought racism, no, we were... No, he didn't even think... But he was one of those Obama people. No, he's one of those Obama people, Obama black people, who said that we are now in a post-racial America. Remember when Obama was... Well, he never was one of those people who... You remember when Obama was first elected? And people started saying, we're in post-racial America. Right, because we're in post-racial... Because we have a black man in office. We're in post-racial America. Now, those same people, which one I know personally Mm. that me and you grew up, she's an adult, who was one of the advocates for post-racial America. Now, you can't stop her from being ranting on um, Facebook about all these racial and racist incidents. Of course. We was never in a post-racial America. We were never America. in there. The problem was, the problem is, we came, went through a stage where it was impolite mm-hmm. to be That's, openly yeah. racist. Yeah. And the only people who was really out here getting down like that were the inbreds and people who are products of incest and the hillbillies and all them. They were the ones who openly do it. It was impolite to be openly racist. But when Obama got in the White House, what happened? I remember actually, and this is just maybe that's be me. I remember when Obama got elected and he came on that stage. I actually was like praying that nothing happened. When he went and had his first inauguration, I was sitting there like happy and scared at the same time. Like, Lord. But you know, like they said, he had the best security they have ever had out of any president. And I'm like, of course. Because to me, when he was walking down, you know, when they walked down the street and they waved yeah, at the wait. people, I mean, I'm like, it might be time for so you to get many, in the yeah, car. So many it might be time. Wrong. I mean, You're like, you correct. were literally sitting right there praying, hoping that nothing happened. His, But this is what gets me about, and this is why I say it's a double standard in today's society. Uh-huh. Obama had to have a clean presidency. He couldn't mm-hmm. sneeze wrong. You mm-hmm. remember when exactly. he went, where did he go? Golfing or and, or, yes, he, and he, or he yeah, didn't he wear a tie. Many, yep. He remember went to he, Hawaii and went, for, his for his grandma's funeral. funeral. Remember when he wore, he didn't wear a tie. Mm-hmm. And remember, I think, like, they caught, what What did that um a reporter called Michelle a monkey? Yeah, yeah. and she talked about the kids, yeah. remember the girls. They, they, remember mm-hmm. they were doing all of this stuff. Remember they were trying, like, all this stuff. But yet, you have a president now who literally said in interviews, before he even got elected, grabbing women by the pussy. Mm -hmm. He literally, like, taxes won't release his taxes. Mm -hmm. All this stuff that he, his presidency is nowhere near squeaky. They said Mm -hmm. he's so told over 10,000 lies. Mm -hmm. Not truths, lies. But then you gotta also realize. But why is it okay for him? To have this, and he's out tweeting every day. If Obama was tweeting the way that he, he was, was tweet- tweeting, they he would have been impeached. It would have been no problem for them to draw up the impeachment letter. Both it sides, both been, sides. <laughs> but then was, you got to also remember- think about it in this manner too, though, because and I agree. I like M- MSNBC. They said it best. You know, Obama definitely couldn't have done it. We all know no. that. And one, we know for a fact because I remember when Obama won. I, the guys dating at the time was like, you know, my mom sent us shirts. So, like, he was rocking his shirt. He was like, you not wearing your shirt? No, I'm not wearing that shirt. What? Like, first of all, I was in Lubbock. That's first. No, listen. I will never forget. Obama won. 
they hung nooses, mm-hmm. then they yeah. hung like like a dummy body or you know like those heavy mm-hmm. not a mannequin but like the ones that actually look more lifelike body like yeah. they hung one of those inside of a noose and then like uh was it they just started shooting which the shooting wasn't a big yeah. deal but i mean they did the most when oh. obama was elected when obama so, won me and liz were going to mississippi we had on our and we were going to literally mississippi mm-hmm. like mississippi mm-hmm. to see our family because our family is from mississippi and girl, we had our Obama shirts on. And when we stopped, remember we stopped to get gas, and those people were looking at us like, "Yep." Because I had on an Obama. We had, um, Liz had bought me a shirt that mm-hmm. was a sparkling Obama shirt that I still got. And I'm talking about these people were looking at us like we had the plague, mm-hmm. and we did not care because that, to me, you're not gonna sit right there. And I have I put my Obama sign in front of my house like Obama. Yes, Mm-mm. I was very proud. Now, see, and people and in it, the neighborhood were looking at me like, "I want everyone to understand, it's not." Me personally, it wasn't me not being proud because an accomplishment is accomplishment. You know, the first black president, hate him or love him, it's an accomplishment. It was done and it happened. However, let's be very realistic. I don't get the same protection that he gets. Mm, yeah. So I am just trying to go to class. I did sit at the last row right next to the exit with my hoodie head pulled up and slouched down in my chair because everybody, like, even students were like, one guy's like, I can't believe he won. My dad said that our stock is now going to plummet. Like, I mean, just so comfortable dropping and, all kinds yeah. of N-words and stuff. Your stock so no, I didn't want to be in that room. Yeah. But you know? I think that, to me, I don't think it's post-Bama uh, um, racial America. I honestly think people became more open with the racism. Right, when, when and it didn't go away. Because that's it just when became see, that's less when you spoken. Saw a height, racist. And you saw a height, and this is when the Black Lives Matter movement actually became so big. It's because you saw more police officers saying, boom, I'm shooting you, I feel for you. Or you see people like Trayvon Martin. I think that was really the turn of events. I hate to say that it had to be somebody like Trayvon Martin, but you got to right. see, Trayvon Martin was kind of like, his death put a fire in a lot of people. But it woke up a lot of people to say, it is not, we are not in post, you know, racial America. But well, my I, thing is, I don't think it was, yes, it sparked a fire, but I honestly think had Zimmerman went to jail as he should have, yeah, that maybe people would have been like, you know what, he was wrong, at least he's in jail. But the fact that he did it and then he got away was just kind of like, it, it basically was like, well, we're in open season. Mm-hmm. Come all, welcome all, see yeah. how far you can get with it. And to me, well, I, I had, was not, what you say, Liz? I had asked mom, and, you know, just a little background on, 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 on um, my mother. She was born in 1958 in Mississippi. And I asked her, um, probably about a year or two ago, did she feel that um, rate the racial tension in America is worse now or when she was growing up in the 50s, 60s, and 70s in Mississippi? And she said she thinks it's worse now yeah. than it was growing up back in those days. I believe it. And, you know, the way she kind of explained it was, you know, because everybody kind of knew their place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, it was bad, but she said now it's worse. And I think it got worse because black people fell asleep. We fell asleep because we were able to move into the neighborhoods. Um, and we got lackadaisical. We, we got lackadaisical. Yeah, we stopped supporting our own businesses. Yes. Stopped yes. the, we stopped the, I think we stopped the legacy 
and I'm not saying completely, but we stopped the legacy of what Martin and Malcolm was about. Like they were on two different things, but we we they had the same of, goal, but yeah, they had different approaches. They had different to get approaches. There. And what Malcolm said to me, I don't I don't see anything that Malcolm said as wrong. What he was saying is we need to support black. We got to support black. It don't mean that we can't, you know, integrate, but we have to make sure our own are supported. Malcolm didn't want to integrate, period. Yeah. He didn't want to integrate. He wanted to do separate but equal. Yeah. And I don't see, I I didn't see anything wrong with that. To a point, I get what he was saying. I don't think it's wrong integrating, but I also think you go to the hood now, you go to the neighborhood now. Blacks barely own anything. You used to be able to go and get a slice of bread. But wait, let's and, take and it one get step. An IOU. Let, let's be, take it one step back, though. Not even from that. Like, I think we can all agree, especially like speaking to my grandmother, you know, and just hearing the story she would tell. You knew that when you came into the block or the hood or however you want to mm-hmm. call it, but when you were in our area, our neighborhood, we were amongst each other. If I didn't have you would never go without, period. Mm-hmm. Now, my grandmother's house could never have had whatever. And I can give you so many occasions. Baby, I ran I ran out of Coke. Go down to the corner. Not even corner. Go next door and ask Miss Ann yep. for some Coke. You know, like, what she's going to do? Show was my grandmother give me a dollar if she gave me money at all. But we got a little can of Coke because my grandmother had to have her Coke, loved her Coke. Walked back over to the house. That was that. If I was in trouble... And was two blocks over. I didn't have to ask for it. If somebody saw me getting hassled, hey, we got a problem? Yeah. You know, or like if you saw an old lady crossing the street, you know, like whether you was banging or not, you know, oh, that's Miss Dolores. Don't nobody touch her. You know, like don't nobody disrespect so-and-so's house. Like there was an understanding and a level of respect to where now that is not the yeah, case. it's not that the that case. Is that the black community that was like, strong black we put everybody on our back we try to uplift each other somewhere along the lines we and i'm not saying it ever really disappeared or maybe got healed or fixed but somewhere along the line we went back to that crab in a barrel mentality where i gotta worry about well i can't let kim get too much better than me because then that's gonna steal my shine well you can look at jay-z just said Mm-hmm. Crabs don't belong in a barrel. <laughs> That's JG just they, and I agree. They you, don't. Crabs don't belong in a barrel. So we we were put in a barrel, and you know, one thing I you know I I I really like talking to my grandma and my mm-hmm. um, great grandmother when mm-hmm. they were alive. And now that I'm older, I know and understand they left me with a lot of wisdom. Yeah, my grandma did. did not agree with integration. Neither did mine. My grandmother was against integration and it's funny because I'm like well why you didn't let us integration she said integration was the downfall of black communities across the country and I was watching CNN I was watching what's his name Anthony um, Bourdain oh yeah Anthony Bourdain he went to Jackson Mississippi Mm -hmm. Jackson before DC was the black mecca Jackson, Mississippi, back in the day, when mom was little, used to be the black Mecca. If you were black, you came to Jackson, Mississippi to make money. Hmm. Because even though it was segregated, you know, blacks had businesses downtown. Mm -hmm. 
in the black part of downtown. So the black, and my grandma said the black dollar stayed in the black well, community. Well, that's like Black Wall Street. Yeah, in, in yeah. the black in community black in, in, in Jackson, Mississippi for a long time. Yeah. Well, look at grandma. She right. was one of those people she who did. said... She, I'm she gonna do yeah. and she built her shop she in her house. Her shop and she did hair in her community. So she said the downfall of our communities and just us as a whole was integration. Because she said once it was okay for us to go shop amongst the white folks and go sh- in their um, groceries. Because for some reason in our mind, we thought that we need their to be groceries accepted. were better, yep. their schools were better. But think about it. If our kids were still being taught by their own. Yeah. We you, would know. Because you, you got to think about how much history is being eliminated. That our own history is being eliminated. And that's one of the things that. And, and you can look at it right now. A great story about that is right now Nipsey Hussle. He was literally sitting right there trying to buy the blocks. He was literally in the hood trying to buy the blocks. He bought the the, the section at one of the blocks. Right. And was building up and trying to bring stems into the hood, trying to do all this stuff to educate the people of the hood. And one jealous old hood dude who was like, you can't advance, you know, and went up and shot him. And this guy was out here doing great, was producing, trying to get, he was. He literally said, I'm trying to advance the black people. I'm trying to make the black people so we don't have to depend on everybody else. And this is what happens to him. And that's what I'm saying I think we like like the bread tastes the same at the mom and pop store that it tasted, yeah. at, but it was at a the, matter at the Piggly Wiggly up in Mississippi. So why did we not give our dollar or our or our ten cents to the to the mom and pop who needed it? At that point, they had to they had to. It was a matter of being accepted, though. Yeah, you, know, mm-hmm. you told me I could never come play with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so true. therefore you started letting me play with you, and mm-hmm. then I I honestly whether I meant to or not, somewhere along the line. Lost my way. But I yeah, think, I lost my. I got sidetracked. I lost my way. Mm-hmm. I, but I, I think wait. I became Kanye. I, yeah, oh yeah. You know, I, I, I really did. I, I lost my way. You know, I, I forgot that my grandmother put her life and her life savings mm-hmm. and her soul in her house. So when she passes away, or excuse me, when she passed away, I you know I didn't mm-hmm. respect Third Ward. You know, like yeah, all these mil- the Black Bel Air. Yeah. You go there now and. It, do not misunderstand me. There is nothing wrong with where we are at as far as integration. But it is sad when you see a community that yeah, was black, Ward. that had beautiful black things happening, that mm-hmm. had yeah. black love, black people, care for blacks. Like, you didn't, you know, like, yes, oh, well, there might have been crime. There's crime in Bel Air. You know, there's yeah. crime in West U. You, you could go, there's crime in the Galleria. The yeah. Crime has no... No zip code, no region. There's no reach the crime won't go to. You know, so it was there. But when you go in Third Ward now, I don't even recognize it. Did you hear it. what they call in Third Ward now? Museum Park. Yes. What? Girl, they're not even calling it Third Ward right now. Now they're calling it Museum Park. And also, you know what this is? This reminds me of, this is what I'm saying. What we need to do now is start taking back our communities. We need to start buying it. But Okay, wait, pause, pause, pause. With that being said... You have to realize now that we, we've talked about money. We've talked about the inequality. We've talked about the uneducation of the system. Now you have to realize that we have not educated our people necessarily to know the financial means of how to do that. How how do you save to to do that? Or how do you 
become educated or, you know, financially stable enough to be like, hey, this month we're only going to pay bills. And if we only have $200 left over, we only are putting $100 or $50 on this piece of land. You know, like we're only slowly Mm -hmm. saving up to buy. But we have lived and yet society and media might play a role in this, but we have lived on a gang bang mentality or like a lavish mentality where you know like we where they teach white kids you know save buy bonds buy stocks this is a stock market we lost that one no let me tell you something who had the uh we don't i don't i don't know if you ever seen how asian asian americans or hispanic live what they will do they'll buy one house and they will literally have five families or four families in one house and you know what they do they sit right there, pay that house off, and then they will all buy another house for that yes. person. And they will be sitting right there buying properties in between and sitting right there, you know, getting stuff. And let me tell you what Asians, uh, Asian Americans do. If you go to Chinatown and you try to go to the bank in, in Chinatown and try to get some money out, you barely not going to get no money out of them. They keep it within themselves. Chinatown, if you go to Chinatown, they have the right kind of thinking. They are literally about themselves, but they you have, have to realize their there. culture is like that as well. Yeah, but they live saying, amongst they, each that's but, something to look but, up. But see, that's the thing. That's that's a problem. They are allowed to do right. that. Right. They yeah, are allowed to live amongst themselves unbothered. They are allowed to keep their dollar within their community. You got to remember, it'll never be a day where, well, not remember. You have to look at it. It will never be a day where African Americans, the black American, will be allowed to fully pull themselves from white America. No, they not wouldn't allow that. They're, they're not, not going to allow that. They're not going to allow that. Well, That's, I think if we, we can start with just a little bit of things, like say if we take your kid who is an NFL star in high school, your kid is a basketball star in high school, why do they need to go to Harvard? Why can't they go to Jackson HBCUs. State? Why can't they go to an HBCU no, school? Okay. Imagine if we took our black athletes who who, who graduate right. from and high school them because and that's say, what no. they used to do. Yeah, and Back say, in the day, they used to have to go to HBCUs yeah. to recruit. What's his name? Um, Walter Payton. Yeah. One of the um, greatest NFL players play. is, is from Jackson State. Yeah. Now, so, I didn't go to an HBCU not because... I didn't want to, but like, yeah, you know, like it wasn't a downplay on any of that. I just, but, I, I found a school, fell in love with it. I stopped doing research in all other schools. Period. <laughs> that no, seriously, that 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 is what happened. Like, yeah. I found my college that I thought I wanted to do. Now, would you I have to do it say, over again? Would you have wanted to go to an HBCU school? Or are you are you just happy that you went to the school you went to? So, I guess that's a two part answer, right? So, like. If what I experienced in my black community from my regular non-HBC school is what I'd receive like times 20 at a at a black school? No. No, 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 no. I just feel like I got... Were you with, saying that all the black people that you were at well, your school was just... No, like I you? just feel like I got made fun of a lot for talking like extra proper or like if I would cuss or whatever, they'd be like, oh, she's trying to be hood, you know, like or like when I said, oh, I like to go skiing. People are like black people don't ski. So, you know, like you must think you're better. Like or when I was like, oh, yeah, my passport expired. Oh, <laughs> so you got a passport. That, that sounds like some haters. 
I mean, no. I to- I understand yeah. what she's saying because when I got to Jackson State, now don't get me wrong, I love Jackson State. You know that that school is my history, mm-hmm. like family school. It's a family school. My mom and dad went to the school. My aunties, uncles, mm-hmm. cousins, everybody went to Jackson State. But what she's saying, I had that same experience. My first year at Jackson State was hard for me. I wanted to leave because. Oh, you talk like you white. Mm-hmm. What you mean? You you reading? Yeah, like, you're read, like they shut like, you like, for stuff like that. I was called a, a Oreo. Yep, black on the outside, white on the inside, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like my first year at Jackson State was hard for me, and I did want to come home because I grew up being the only black kid mm-hmm. in class a lot of times. So I purposely. It wasn't no option for me. I was going to HBCU, period. So yeah, I never. I was to go thinking to, to myself, I'm gonna finally get to be in a place where I can be in a black space yeah. and be as black I as I can be or want to be, and no problems. But when I got in that space, mm-hmm. I was judged because I wasn't black enough in right. in, in their opinion. I right, wasn't yeah. black enough, or I didn't struggle enough, or you know, you grew up. In a, uh, a, a rich neighborhood, your mom and dad, stuff like that. Now, that's, that's not to that, say that, everybody that was, another, was like that, but I'm that's what, everybody right, that's like what I'm that, saying. But, this is the thing, my experience was a little different because actually one of my college best friends who I befriended like freshman year, like a couple of days after, she was like me. We grew up with all white people and like, you know, barely had a black person in the classroom. So we were like, yeah, we're going to go to a HBCU school to, to, you know, be around black people and be, you know, more connected to, you know, our culture. So we were, it was easier, I guess, for me because the crew I kind of hung around with my and my other best friend that I met from college, they were all kind of understanding. Although I did have black friends who were like, uh, you know what? You know they were like that, but right. most of my experience was different than what Liz is saying and what you're saying. Right, and but I, I met people like I met I, I met like friends that I still have to this day. Like yeah, and they just you know accept as anybody does when you have friends. There's stuff that people do that I don't like. You know they accept my quirkiness and just me as a person. You know, but as an overall whole, if you like in hearing Liz's first year at Jackson State. Would I have signed up for that? No, I would not have. Because it made me but I feel that, bad as like I think, an individual. You know, that experience, going to an HBCU is an experience of a lifetime. I honestly think being in that element, because I could have went to a school in Texas that, that could have, you know, been like Texas A&M. And I actually remember me going to Texas A&M to preview the school. And I told like the black guy, I was like, hey, he was like, oh, so you're thinking about going here? I was like, honestly, no, I want to be around... Uh, black people, and I sort of told him, I said, I feel like you're just bringing me here so you can get the quote, so you know you can get your black people who enroll every year. Because I know you got to have a certain amount of African right, American, you have a certain amount minorities, of minorities that come. And so I remember he actually tried to call me out. He was like, so I mean, he was like talking to the big group, and he was like, and who is that? Where's the girl at who tried to uh say that uh I'm only bringing y'all here so we could get the minority people right here. I said it, and then people were, like, looking at me and clapping. I'm like, why are you trying to call me out? Why are you trying to call me out for that? But my whole thing is, I honestly don't think I would have got the experience and the culture feel and all that stuff that I would have got at uh, PWI. 
Because it's something, it's just something about being in the essence of your people. And, right. You know, and I, I mean, I don't disagree. Now, having I, those crazy stories. I and, have to say, had I not had that hard first year at Jackson State, I wouldn't be as confident. Like, now mm-hmm. I'm on it. You're going to take me as I am. It's mm-hmm. nothing else right. to talk about. It's nothing to discuss. This is me. Like, I had to learn to get comfortable in my, your skin. my skin. And this is how I am. Yeah, I like country music. <laughs> that should be rocking if you listen to what they saying. Mm-hmm. And guess who came up with country music? Black people. Yep. Yes, I listen to rock music. That should be jamming. Rock and, and you want to know who came friend. up with rock and roll? Black people. So, yes, I listen to it. But if I didn't go through that hard, like, first year, I would would be compromising myself a lot more. Yeah. You know? No, and I agree with that on some levels. But I will say, from not going to, like, an HBCU, I actually felt like, because, well, I guess a lot of people wouldn't say I'm, like, super dark-complected. But in my opinion, I am, like, very dark yeah, complexion. You know, and I don't have a problem with my complexion now, but being at a white school, like just growing up that way, minus, I guess, high school, but then like at a white, or I won't say white, just being at a, you know, a non HBCU university, I fell in love with my skin. Like, you know, like it, it had the reverse effect for me. Like, cause where I was just like, oh, well. I don't want to ruffle any feathers. And don't get me wrong, I, while I don't mind confrontation, I'm not openly seeking confrontation. Like, I don't like to do a lot of things that make people feel uncomfortable. So, like, if you're like, oh, well, she said something that made me feel uncomfortable. Nine times out of ten, I would probably sit there and just be like, well, I just want to keep the peace so we all feel comfortable. You know, but, like, now that I've gotten older mm-hmm. and, like, I experienced what I experienced there and I've met, like, people on the in-between, you know, I fell in love with my skin. I started loving my hair. Like, and I was wearing straight hair back in the day, but now let's just be real. You couldn't tell me my hair at any length, whatever, one fly. You know, like, that was one thing I used to pride myself on because people would be like, oh, my God, I love your hair. How does your hair get so straight? You got good hair. And I'd be like, honestly, I don't believe in good or bad hair, but I was like, it's not, you know, I was like, my mom's hair is like this. My grandmother's hair, believe it or not, is bone straight. You know, she didn't have to flat iron her hair. Like, you know, it over time it changed as she got older and I was like I'm pretty sure that's the exact same thing that's happening here but those things that everybody was like wishing for like kind of like pointing at and wanting for like you know and paying surgery to get like a small butt like nice little shapes like I had all that and I was just like damn like it took me being in this situation to be like I like this you know like I like who I am how I am this is me like and like one guy and I don't even know if it made a big deal or not, but he was just like, you just you, you know? And I was like, well, honestly, I'm not just me. I was like, you know, like, you see a me that I allow you to see. So, like, very few people see, like, the real B, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, but, like, that was okay. And then, you know, like, I, I learned to stand on my own. Like, I said, no, I don't agree with this. You know, like, you're okay to agree with this, but I'm not agree. You know, like, mm-hmm. and that is okay. But I had to learn that in college. Like, everything, everyone, all my life was like, you have got to love this about yourself. Love that. You know, there are things I appreciated when I got to college. And I was like, I see all of y'all who had way more than what I ever had growing up. And y'all don't appreciate shit. Like, y'all don't appreciate the fact that, like, your mom was a single mom busting her ass. Like, 
the fact that you can drive a $60,000 car. Some people only make $60,000 a year. Like, these are privileges. Don't get me wrong. My mom was a single mom. I had a lot of stuff I probably should have never have had. Like, I got a lot of opportunities I probably should have never have had. Like, we went out of the country. My mom woke up one day and she's like, do you want to go to Europe? That's what we did. But it it made me me. And I, like, I love the experience. I wouldn't change it for the world like i can honestly sit here now and be like i got bomb ass beautiful black skin in love with it because before when i was growing up i was made fun of for being dark and like teased so much i was just like why like of all colors to make me why me like why couldn't i just be a bright skin chick and just keep it moving yeah you know so like it took that experience and that journey for me to be like no bro this skin right here is fire <laughs> that's what i uh, that's what hbcu did for me personally because i was always down you know being this sore thumb in a classroom being a being, being only black or being you know asked all these stupid questions being asked all this stuff i just got so tired of it and me going to an hbcu school made me just appreciate my blackness mm-hmm. made me love myself made me just be more in tune and that's why i would always say like and i get what you're saying I get, we get both parts of it. You know, you going to a PWI, uh, PWI made you more in love with yourself. Me going to HBCU made me more mm-hmm. in love with myself. You know, I just think you got to kind of figure Everyone's out what you Everyone's path was made for yeah. them. You know, it worked. It, it yeah. worked. Now, I learned a lot of things, I guess, being in the workforce that, you know, I, I do wish I would have known in college as a younger me, so I could have implemented them now but you live and learn so are y'all would you be more are you okay if your kid lives wanted to go your your kids wanted to go to a pwr are you gonna be pushing more of an hbcu no no you're going to hbcu and and if you don't i'm not paying for it so go get them loans that's what you go do because i got my first like once i got acclimated to jackson state you was good i i was able to take a breath like I didn't have to talk I didn't have to cold switch I didn't you know have to conduct myself a certain way I didn't have to be asked all these um, stupid questions oh do you have a tan or you know stupid yeah. stuff like that I didn't, I didn't have to sunscreen I, on. yeah <laughs> oh you don't have why don't you have to put sunscreen stuff like that like I'm telling you you know I would never take back the experience. Now, I don't like those student loans, but I would never <laughs> take back the experience of Jackson State. And my children will go to HBCU. You're going to HBCU. I don't care, uh, or I'm not paying for it. They're going to your options. You go take out a, um, a student loan yourself and go figure it out. But as for um, my kids, yeah, you need to go to a HBCU. You need to know how it is to be amongst your people from all different walks of life and to be able to take that deep breath and just breathe and be black in your space and not have to worry about cold switching or conducting yourself in a certain type of way because that's one thing that I don't I didn't like about my childhood um that I was around a lot of white kids and it's a way you have to conduct it's a guard yourself. That you have, yeah. mm-hmm. And I just like that, you know, HBCUs, they hold you accountable. Well, you, well, for me, it was hard coming from, I mean, we went to move to Texas. We had just came from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about, you know, Mississippi to me is, Jackson is very divided. 
like it's clear like this is the black side of town this is the white part Mm -hmm. jackson is still in a sense segregated Mm-hmm. If you think about it, like it, it, it's in a sense, it's segregated the communities and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So going from, you know, where we lived at in Jackson, moving to Texas and moving to an all white neighborhood and being the only black people in the class. And you're like, uh, what's going on? Because you remember when we first moved there in the 90s, there were barely any black people in the class. It was And I think people. they like what told me they told actually told mom that maybe me and John need to be in, you know, special class. No, they told mom that y'all should might have to test. Yeah. In. Test in because y'all might need to be in the special classes. Remember that oh, counselor wow. was like, tell, this is the counselor yeah. saying this stuff because they didn't want because they class. didn't really want, you know, they didn't understand you know they thought we learned like and we came in learning regular doing everything regular like and uh, just to let nothing. y'all know this is cypress fairbanks independent school district <laughs> we'll call them out <laughs> i mean and i remember it was even like a black teacher that we that john had who was literally like when he's when he first went there remember she was like treating him different in class and mom had to come up there to the school and be like uh what's going on lady you know what, what why are you treat my son different yeah. than you treating all these other students you know he could, what are you doing? And then she didn't, you know, she was looking all big-eyed and dumb, like, you know, but to, it was just a big sigh of relief to go, for me to go to a HBCU school and not have to, like Leah said, cold switch, not have to worry about people asking you stupid questions. Like, I had this from third grade all the way up to my senior year. So to be able to get just four years of relief and to be around my people, I'm like Liz. I, I I don't. I would want my kids to go to an HBCU school, preferably Jackson State, just because that's where I went. You know. Well, it's in y'all's family at this yeah. point in life, so you know. But if they wanted to go to P- PWI, could I t- could I force them to do anything? No, because I don't believe in forcing kids. But I would prefer my kids to go to an HBCU school because I feel like that is an experience like no other. I'm not. I'm not against it. Yeah. But like but I said, like... uh, so I'm saying for you. Would you prefer your kids to go to HBCU? I don't have a preference. You know, I'm going to put it to you like, like, like Greta told me. And I remember the day like it was yesterday. I I don't know what. I must have been high. I'm going to chunk it up till I was on something. I got in the car after school and told my mom, Mom, I don't think I'm going to college. (laughs) That car stopped. Switched around on that driver's seat. Bleep, 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 bleep. You going to college. And I was like, well... (laughs) None of my friends are going to college. Is is not for me. The fuck you mean is not for you? I was like, I I just I don't want to go. And you know me, I, here I am thinking I just you know I didn't lay down the law. It's not for me. Boom, we done. Nah, no. After she slapped me, cause she did slap me. You going to college? I don't care where you going. No, no, that's not what she said. I had choices. It was Gramlin, Xavier, and somewhere else. You going? So you, so your mom wanted you to go to HBCU. I don't know if she went. Well, she went to Xavier. My grandfather went to Gramlin, and it would have meant the world to him for me okay. to go to Gramlin. You know, and he he honestly did ask me. He was like, "Will you please go to Gramlin?" Did you apply? No, I didn't want to go to Gramlin. Is it because you just wanted to disobey? Or you, you just... know, there might have been some defiance in that. <laughs> you know, just because you told me not to. You know, like you you told me already where I had to be. But, like, I didn't have a, I don't have a problem with my kids go, but you going. 
Like, I remember I you know, you, you to are to going Atlanta. to college. I don't give a shit where you go, but you go. I wanted to go to Clark Atlanta, and then I was like, I remember I told Dad, like, can you send my stuff off to Clark? Can you just pay for my admissions fee? He was like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And then I was like, so did you pay for my admissions fee? Because I know I should have gotten to Clark <laughs> so Atlanta. Dumb. No, you got into Jackson State, so we're going to go to Jackson State. Well, I wanted to go to like, Spelman. Wait, what? That's the same thing that happened to me. I got accepted to Spelman. I wanted I to go to Spelman. Because I, w- I, w- I did the same thing as you. I don't want to go to college. I, like, mm-hmm. had it all planned out. I was like, I don't want to go to college. I wasn't going to be a bum. I, I just wasn't no. going to college. And I, have a, I wasn't going to be a bum either. I said I was going to work two jobs and, you know, oh, live you doing my life and get, no par- get an apartment. And so my mom was like, you know, be quiet. You're going to college. <laughs> be quiet. So I applied to uh, Spelman. I was like, listen, I'm only going to apply to Spelman. If I don't get accepted in Spelman, I'm not going to college. Got accepted into Spelman. Happy. I was happy. Called my dad. Yeah, I got accepted into Spelman. Woo, woo. He was like, oh, for real? Yeah, good job. Good job. Good job. <laughs> I was like, I know, right? Woo. I was happy. He says, who go, who, who going to pay for that? What you mean who going to pay for it? You, you and Monday talked that out. No. So what I did, I applied to Jesse State for you. Your you dad. I, I can't right I now. Was, my mom was, I'm pretty sure my, my mom was more than like, she kind of knew where we were going to go. She right. always, I think they always had like a plan of where we were going to go. Like, he applied you to all Jackson are going to go to State Jackson State. On our you're going to be happy and you're going to sit your butt in the classroom. Now and see, gonna... you're right. On some level, when I, when I think about the choices I made for college, it was very simple. My parents are divorced. And I think it's been like a stigma for me on various different levels. It was for another podcast we could talk about. But I needed to get away from them. And so the closest school I applied to was the one I went to. The furthest one was in Hawaii. You're a Hawaiian. That's a party school. Now, <laughs> you know, and and it just, I loved all the schools I applied to, but I just knew I I needed to get away, see what life was like without, like, I don't want to say heavily relying on my parents because who are we kidding? I still relied on them. I still needed some type of cash flow and somebody had to fund the school. So, you know, like I still needed them, but I just needed to be away. I needed after high school and everything that happened in high school, I needed to clear my head and be away. See, I like that I was far enough away from my parents, but I was also very close to family, family because yeah. all my family, like, you know, my mom and dad got out of, of Mississippi, but pretty much everybody else was still there. And I loved being so close to my grandma because I was able to spend, like, you know, uh, my last four years with my grandma. And I appreciated being by, you know, my aunt because she always provided me with some food. Remember, Liz? Like, we would not be here. There's no such thing as being hungry in Mississippi. Like, we, you know? yeah. Like, I appreciated my aunt being like, I'm hungry. Oh, well, let me get you some, you know, let me get you let some honey nut Cheerios. Yep. Let me get you some, let me get you some bags of chips. Let me bring you some juices. Let me get you all, the, I got you together. Like, my uncle moving me out of my dorm and me into my dorm. Like, because I couldn't move myself into my dorm. So he always had his little trolley in his truck. Girl, the truck was tight, but we was getting there. Were we not? Like, having, even when I, because when I went to school, my sister had already been there for how many years? Like, two or three? I think three. three I think I was years. in my senior year by the time you got there. And to have her there, right. you know, with me. It was like, you, my sister used to live off campus, and I remember we used to always come 
come to her house and all that stuff. And even she stayed after me. She even uh, graduated. She stayed. So I was able to, hey, Liz, come pick me up. And, you know, so it was good to be around family. Like, right. you, we wasn't close to, like, my mom. And we were still able to have our freedom. But, you know, we were close enough to family to... But see, y'all grew up, like, obviously as sisters, you know. But whereas I, I grew up, for the most part, as an only child. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm not saying anything against it, but, like, I'm an introvert on just, there's no other way to describe it. I am utterly introverted. And so to do something on my own, to say like, I did it, you know, like that. Cause when I went to college, I had no friends, you know, like I had, I think two people in the area I could call. And by the area, I mean, Dallas. Um, <laughs> and that was it. You know, like I, mom made sure I had met one, Mom made sure I had met one black girl before she left to leave me there freshman year. She was like, I want to make sure you know at least know one of your people before, before you leave. Before I leave, I need to know y'all looking out for each other. <laughs> and while me and her aren't, like, we don't still talk and we're not still friends to this day. The friend I met through her and the other mm-hmm. friend I met through her, I was in one of their weddings and we're still friends to this day. And that's been like shit almost like 10 years like yeah that's you know, good it, you know but it i it was something i had to do like i had to be what i well, i wouldn't even say alone i just needed to step out on yeah. a different route and just do do me like yeah. and like if i could do all of it again i i in a in a heartbeat i loved my school career i i liked i just liked everything about it i probably pick a different degree but um yeah but that's good like it i was said good it's, for it's me. all different things but more so kept them to tell them no you're going to black schools you're going to become a star at this black university like liz said look at walter payton he sat right there and 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 one of the best to ever do it and said i'm going to jackson state university but was he would he have been accepted into the other schools or we i don't know exactly what, you know you know, so I'm glad that somebody like Walter Payton is able to have that Jerry Rice. You know, I like I like those names that they they're able to say we came from HBCU mm-hmm. school, right? Jerry Rice. No, I mean, imagine HBCU. if my, um, the Titans. I think he went to HBCU. Yeah, like, uh, I can't remember his name. Yeah, like uh, so. You know, I, I mean, no, it is nice. It is it's nice because one you know that when they tell their story, they're going to remember to include the black community. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what happened, you gotta include the black community. And yeah. like, while I, when I give my college story, you know, I can't necessarily say that, but what I can tell you is like, whenever I thought I was getting off that path or I felt lost, I know I could call my grandmother and be like, what you know like what yeah. is this and i mean jane had no problem getting you together real quick yeah you know she'd like baby when i was growing up 10 cents is what i made cleaning houses you know like and yeah. you like i'm like grandma it, it wasn't even that long ago she was like you know but do the math it, it we're mm-hmm. not that far removed from the situation we've just i guess built up scabs and whatever you want to call it to where we don't acknowledge that it really wasn't that far away. I mean, Malcolm X this year would have been what? 94? 94. Yeah. 94. So, you know, 
it's not yeah and that's one thing that people so don't understand it's not that long ago that we were even in segregation it exactly. wasn't that long ago that we were fighting it was for not. injustice y'all act like michael uh, michael max diamond he was you know 30 30 years old this man wasn't 30 years old when he died to me when it comes to race when it comes to right or wrong rape or not you know hate crime or not there is no gray area it's never oh i beat him up because he was black but no you know like that doesn't happen like oh well i slapped my wife because she didn't no when the moment you say but everything before it is is erased you know Mm -hmm. so we we as a community we as a we as human beings while we need to accept and understand people's views that are different from ours we also need to find a way or a path forward to where we are no longer why are you still thinking that way you know is it obviously it's taught because hate is taught we've Mm -hmm. seen that but i mean why like is it an insecurity you have in yourself like is it because you genuinely fear that i am more superior than you and Mm -hmm. you know whether i see that in myself or you're not you see it in me so now i am a threat to you like what is it that sparks that insecurity in you not saying i want to help you if you're insecurity i mean that sounds rude but i'm not saying i want to help you if you're insecurity that's something you need to work on with yourself and maybe if i can lend a hand to help you i will but at the same time i'm not lending any hands to help anybody who actively thinks it's okay to put down others to raise themselves up yep period yep I don't want any part of it. You know, well, oh, Bianca, a lot of people do that. You know, look at, you know, no. Me as a human, I don't want to be a part of it. If you have to go around in life and shun and shut down other people or dim other people's lights so that you can shine, it's not meant for you. It's not yours, and you're not worthy of what 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 comes from receiving it. And you shouldn't want anything about it. Like, everyone's like, I want power. Power is not meant for everybody. True mm-hmm. leaders who are powerful, like look at well, look at this one right now. He is not meant for power. He's not. He but is I not mean, meant like for leadership. But some, I like what you, you just said. Power to dim the people's light. If you got to dim somebody's light to shine, then you were not meant to shine. So, with that being said, because I like to end on that note right there, that was a good one. That was a good one. Snap, snap, <laughs> two snaps in a circle. I get a circle. Don't I feel special? (laughs) We want to thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. If you have any kind of thoughts, inputs, questions you want to ask any of us, um, anything, you can always stay connected to uh, to us on Instagram, Facebook, and also uh, email and Twitter at realtimes, times with a Z, K, B, at anything. So make sure you add us. And if you have any stories that you would like to tell, make sure you add us at gmail.com because we want to hear your stories. If you have anything, any issues with the PWI or HBCU schools, I know that's like a little like thing that some people have and they feel this and they feel that. So let us know. Or if you have any hair stories about somebody thinking that they can touch your hair. I want to hear about the hair stories first. Drop every other comment and everything, but them hair stories, y'all run me them stories. I need to hear about it. It's something I have. 
dealt with a lot, deal with a lot. I want to know about it. We appreciate it. We know this episode was like super intense and it talks on a lot of topics. But as we said, we will bring you guys along for our journey, what we've experienced. And we appreciate the support. We'd love to hear from you guys. Peace.